Oh my goodness, you crazy son of a bitch. Do you have any idea what you've just done? You've just discovered the Marks and Lestrap Show Podcast Hour. This is the show that may or may not be an hour long based on your perception of time and how much I've got to say. So strap yourselves in and prepare your ears for the journey of a lifetime with your host of the Martin Lestrap Show Podcast Hour, me, you idiot. Welcome, everybody, to the Martin Lestrap Show Podcast Hour. This is episode number 137, but more importantly than that, this is the first... Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I'm hungry. I didn't have breakfast. Uh, don't worry. I'm just introducing our episode. You just you eat you eat your chips. This is this is not. <laughs> this is this is this is the first. Uh, just we'll, we'll pretend like that didn't happen. I'm sure the people listening didn't even yeah, hear that. Yeah, edit this out. Edit this out. Uh, yeah, absolutely. But but not. But we'll pretend. Listen, they're they're not even listening at this point. They 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 press play. <laughs> they're probably like starting the elliptical machine or getting the dishes just dishes ready. Like this is the part where they sort of like listen but ignore and then they wait for the show to actually start so really okay. as far as they know the show hasn't even really started yet like right now this is like this is white noise this, this, this in the in the form of, of my voice and then once like they'll hear you come in and they'll be like oh this is where this is the part where we actually listen so <laughs> so they're not listening to, to any of this so so I'll, I'll pick up where i left off and they're gonna have no idea what happened Perfect. uh so this is uh this is the first Halloween themed episode of October for the year 2016. Usually I like to do uh, Halloween themed episodes throughout October. I'll be honest, I think I just kind of dropped the ball a little bit, but but we've got a, a doozy today because it's just <laughs> not me on the show, believe it or not. Spoiler, because up to this point, I'm the only voice that you've heard speaking so far, but I've also brought back uh, a show uh, what, what well let's see I, I know you've got a couple of titles uh <laughs> um you are my uh let's see you help me out because all, all of a sudden i'm having a a, a slow morning what 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 are the, some of the titles we've given you besides my my very favorite canadian in the world <laughs> i think that um we decided Canadian badass ambassadatrix to the Martin Lestrap show podcast hour. I think we went with that. Twitter kind of booted me off because it was too long, but <laughs> this, fuck you, Twitter. Uh, I can for as long as I want here. This is space. Yeah, Twitter, fuck you, except for when I like need you. Then in that case, yeah. I love you. But but for for the purposes of this, because I'm supporting you're like an Twitter's like an emotionally abusive boyfriend where you're like, fuck you, I don't need you anymore. But it's like, but I really want you to make me come and pull my hair. Right. So you know, I'm done with emotionally abusive boyfriends, though. Not just because I don't have hair anymore, but just whatever. It's too much. It's too getting much. your hair pulled feels very nice. So I, you might want to. I'm going to have to take your I, word for it. Yeah. Maybe we'll get to know, like, pull your goatee or something. Okay. Okay. That's something we could work on. Yeah, fuck that up. <laughs> uh, and, and of course, for – listen, if, if you guys listen to the show, you already know who I'm talking to. This is my very favorite Canadian in the whole wide world. Her name is Liz Hersey, and she's also – she's also easily – Easily, I, I don't. I don't even know how many episodes you've done at this point. But as far as I, I think we've already discussed that you've transcended being a guest. Now you're just a, a, a contributor. You are. You're the. You're the. Uh, you're the primary Canadian contributor uh, to the Martin Lestrap Show podcast hour. You bring not only uh, humor 
and, and, and insights about television and pop culture, but you're, you're also a floozy, which is endlessly entertaining, <laughs> especially uh, on this show. Um, and and not, not only are you a, a floozy, but uh, very recently you became uh, an honest woman. So to speak. I did. I did. I'm a married lady now, so Ooh. expect nothing but good, clean discussions on the podcast. Because wow. I'm done. like, ignore all of what you just heard except wow. for this part. And yeah, like it's just like forget about the thing that we edited out with the chips. Mm-hmm. Forget about the the tugging on the beard. Right. I'm a clean lady from here on out. Right. I don't. I don't know how the. <laughs> we'll the... see how long this lasts. <laughs> Uh, I mean, n- not the marriage. The marriage is good to go, but you're talking about that. Yeah, because although that would yeah. be hilarious <laughs> if you were talking about the marriage. No, I'll be married for a month as of tomorrow, so. So this is brand spanking new. And and by the way, by the way, you know this because obviously it was your wedding, but the people don't know this. You were kind enough to uh, extend an invitation to Chanel and I, and we really, truly wished we could have been there. But you got married in Canada, and there's only like five people in Canada, and I and we felt bad taking up any extra seats, given that there's like four yeah. chairs in Canada, and there's like five people, and so <laughs> we didn't we didn't want to burden the wedding any more than it needed to be because we wanted to make sure you had a, a special day. Yeah, and I didn't need any celebrities at my wedding to upstage me in my face. So <laughs> thank you both for staying away. Oh, that was that's that's very. See, I, I love I, I I love the fact that uh, that I can go to Canada and maybe be a celebrity. That's actually very nice <laughs> to think about. But we actually we 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 genuinely regretted that we that we couldn't make. It. And I think I even told you that the weekend of the wedding, Chanel and I were just sitting around, just like uh, we should be in Canada at Liz's wedding. It's, I know. I it- kind of half expected like a helicopter to come down <laughs> and just be there, but. Okay, Martin. I didn't. I cried for a different reason. So, uh, but I'll tell you what. I tell you what, and I, and I want you to write this down and take it to the bank. Okay, Liz Hersey. All right, I will do that. As soon as as your marriage to Matt end and you get married for a second time, Chanel and I will be there. We will be there <laughs> at your second wedding. I promise you that. Thanks, I promise Martin. you that. Cross my heart. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, okay, so so okay, so we've got. Oh, well, well, by the way, how how is married life? How are you enjoying that? It's pretty good. I mean, it's it's weird. I remember on your podcast when you guys got married for the first time, only <laughs> <holy> time. <laughs> like, because that might be true. You guys were married before, but then like it turns out you weren't. But then you did get married, mm-hmm. and Chanel was saying how she never got sick, and then all of a sudden she had a cold. With me, I have had zero car problems since like like before i was married and now since i've got married my car has just been like fuck you i don't like this feeling of the second wedding band on my steering wheel and it's just been like giving me crap like i had to like it was like some epic battle of buffy for me to get here to record today but i'm here <laughs> i'm alive the car is hanging on so it's almost so like good. it's almost like we're inside the truman show and the uh, the godlike creator of the show is finding ways to like okay now that Liz is married, we need to throw some some wrinkles into her everyday life that might lead to marital strife. So this car that has been working just fine every day, let's fuck with the car, and now we'll see. You know, do they argue about it? Do they have a fight? Do they storm out? Do they work it out? This is going to be great television for whatever version of the Truman Show that we ha- we actually uh, happen to be on. 
Is Ed Harrison was Ed Harrison the Truman Show? He was he was the uh, the the God slash creator figure. Oh my God! Oh the... what I would just <laughs> lie down for him. And... <laughs> oh my God! Liz we Her- just uh, we... <laughs> you are you are a married woman, Liz Hersey, and not five minutes ago. You know what? I won't even remind you because we'll just we'll... yeah. Well, I'm still allowed to have an imagination. Well, we'll talk to Matt about that. We'll 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 see how he feels about that. We were watching um. Uh, the pilot episode of Westworld from HBO mm-hmm. and Ed Harris is like this bad guy and he just like completely like backhands Evan Rachel Wood and like I like I I was so happy I wasn't holding anything breakable like I almost Matt almost had to get the smelling salts like it was so delicious <laughs> that's that's why when you mentioned Truman Show I thought of Ed Harris because uh-huh. he's uh, on my mind recently. I, I, I saw one um, one commercial slash slash trailer for Westworld. It looked outstanding. I don't have HBO, but at some some point, I absolutely look forward to watching it because it looked amazing. <laughs> yeah, and then I like I literally got up after that and I just went to bed. I was like, <laughs> to you sleep, were, to you sleep. were spent. You were spent. Yeah, exactly. Well, it's like I'm a busy lady. Right. <laughs> absolutely. Okay, so married life is good. It's just peaches and jizz yeah. and roses. Pieces, pe- pieces, peaches and jizz. You know yeah. what? That might be the title of this episode. Love it. Peaches and jizz. Oh. <laughs> and it also has nothing to do with health. <laughs> I know that. That's the only problem. Maybe uh, oh, we'll we'll figure it out because peaches and jizz. Well, I'll tell you what. I think the last time we did this, we ended up coming up with like five titles, and we ended up picking one of them. So, for now, let me just write down peaches and uh, jizz. Perfect. Okay. So l- let's get started because if if there's only one thing, if there's only one thing in the world that uh, that that you and I absolutely love talking about more than anything else, it is very likely our 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 our, our collectively favorite show. <clears throat> I don't even know if that made sense, but I, I know what I was trying to say. Collectively favorite collectively favorite that sounds stupider the more i say it yeah Buffy... don't make that the title of the I, know. <laughs> I just completely stepped on like your big momentum <laughs> no 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 don't 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 uh, don't even worry about it buffy the vampire slayer i just got oh, that yeah. buffy the vampire slayer and one thing any, anybody who loves buffy and has seen every episode as you and i have multiple times they know that the thing that Buffy did better than any other show is Halloween. Because uh, I, I would say most, well, I don't know if most is fair. A whole lot of shows, they, you know, whenever the holidays come around, they, they'll do themed episodes. And so Halloween, it's a, it's a pretty popular one with, with sitcoms and dramas uh, across the board. But Buffy the Vampire Slayer, they they also did that, but it, it, Halloween seemed particularly suited to Buffy. You know, not just because uh, it was a uh, you know, it, I mean, it's, it's it's a horror series, but you know, it's horror and comedy and campy. It's all these things. Anybody who watches it kind of knows it's you can't just pin it down as as one as one genre. But you know, it's uh, it's it's there's 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 teenagers and they're in high school, and and Halloween would be a, kind of a big part of their their life, particularly uh, when the show began and they were still in high school. But interestingly enough, they didn't do their first Halloween episode until season two, um, possibly because season one was, um, what was it? It was like a the... mid-season replacement kind yeah. of thing. Like, it, it debuted in May, so. Yeah, it's like 13 episodes, And season episodes, one was, like, a, like really weird and fucked up because it's, like, 
it bounced around in time with like when it was in the school year. Like it seemed like the first episode was uh, like like the first day of school kind of thing, mm-hmm. and then towards the end of the season, which was like only twelve episodes long, it was like homecoming or whatever. It, it was. <laughs> I don't know. It, it was very nonlinear in an unintentional way, I'm guessing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm sure that they were, you know, not, not only were they unaware until you said that, I, I realized, oh, fuck, I think she's right. I've never actually thought of that before. Because I was going to make the point, but I think your point is actually probably more apt. I was going to make the point that because it was a, a condensed season, uh, I think it was 13 episodes. That's usually roughly read a, 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 what a, maybe 11 episodes, something like that. But anyway... Because they they only had basically half a season, they were mostly focused on introducing the characters, setting up this world, and then leading their arc into the the final episode with the with the master. But in season two, they had a, a full twenty two episodes, um, which meant they had plenty of room to do something fun like a Halloween episode. So it was season two, episode six. Nineteen ninety-seven, so just a few days before Halloween, but you know, hardly their fault because uh, unless the unless the whatever day the show it doesn't always sync up perfectly. Not perfect as long as it's October. As long as it's October, and really, I mean, you know, Halloween episodes—they're always fun. Like if you're watching Netflix or something, and you're binge watching some old show, and you come across a Halloween episode, it's not less fun if you see it not in October. So, so whatever. But October twenty-seventh, nineteen ninety-seven. And um, it, this this just now occurred to me, but because it occurred to me, I guess it's worth saying out loud. This almost feels like an episode of the uh, of the Buffy Chronicles, but it's not. We're just doing a little homage to the uh, Halloween episode of of Buffy. But then it also occurs to me: when's the last time I did an episode of the Buffy Chronicles? Yeah, you, it's been over a year. I'm pretty sure it's been it's been way too long. I because she's not here right now. I am going to put 100 percent of the blame on Chanel. But if she were here. Then we would, I would say, I know it's crazy, right, that we haven't done it, but because she's not here, it is so Chanel's fault. <laughs> it is so Chanel's fault. Her, you know, she, you know, going around being a, a grown up and having a schedule and a life and shit, and it's like, don't you want us to just sit down and talk about Buffy? Stop being oh, responsible. That's what we're fucking doing, right? Look at us sitting here. You're out there being responsible. You and I are sitting here talking about, but <sighs> fuck Chanel, right? <laughs> Fuck her. Fuck her hard. You know, just as soon as this show's over, um, actually, I don't, I, I don't know what I'm going to do. I, I, I'm just going to tug the beard. <laughs> tug the beard. Another possible title. Let me write that down. <laughs> tug the beard. Perfect. Okay, so we've got two possible titles now. Okay, so anyway, I, 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 at this point, I feel like I'm uh, trailing off of my own train <laughs> of thought. So. Uh, so here's what I did, Liz, Liz Hersey. I've seen this episode several times, but because I wanted to make sure that I was uh, extra prepared to engage in this conversation with you, I watched it this morning, and um, <clears throat> uh, I, I enjoyed it quite a bit. One thing that stood out to me had nothing to do with Buffy necessarily. I was watching it on Netflix, even though I have Buffy on on box, that it was just easier to find it on Netflix while I was laying in bed. And so, uh, and it was, it was the, the, the quality was like way, like just the, the actual, like sort of high definition crispness of the quality was like way better than I, in my, in my memory of Buffy the Vampire Slayer. So I couldn't decide if it was a combination of like 
Netflix and my TV, like making it look good. Or like I know at some point in the recent past, uh, the producers or whoever owns the show, like they went back and they did like widescreen, high def versions of the show that totally got slammed on the internet because, um, and I haven't seen any of them. Maybe you have, but they're the ones where um, when they made the show basically widescreen, it wasn't shot for widescreen. It was shot for whatever that traditional TV square dimension is. So when they go widescreen and you watch it, you'll there's literally scenes where you see like a gaffer holding a microphone on the end or like a makeup lady like hanging out because they weren't intended to be in the scene. So they were fine. And, and so like whoever did it, it's like they just didn't put it out without actually looking at, you know, (laughs) what happened. I did not hear about this at all. Yeah. I want to see that because to me, like that is like season two of Beverly Hills 90210, which is every single episode there was a boom mic that you could it was clearly <laughs> visible. And so you just kind of have to watch it and think, oh, they just live, or, like, I mean, they're close to Hollywood. They just live in a place where there's boom mics around all the time. Because it's, it's like, all the time. <laughs> I got to go back and watch that show. I, I, I have to imagine I would still love it. I haven't seen it since I was really in, like, junior high, high school, but I have to imagine I would still love it. 20, 30, whatever, however many years later that was. It was like a million years a ago. A million years ago. <laughs> um, oh, so, so, so like later, like when we're, when we're not talking about Buffy, by all means, go on the internet. At the very, there's several articles written about it. You could definitely find screenshots where you, where you just like see just like the, just some guy eating donuts uh, at the end of the screen because he was never intended to be in the episode because it was not, he, w- he wasn't in the shot. And then they, well, he was more considerate with me and me and my chips. Listen, you, you are a married woman. I, I can only imagine what you were doing this morning. You were, you were ravished. You needed, you I needed was sh- ravished. Needed- I didn't have time for breakfast. No. Well, so to speak, but Hey, Oh, uh, listen, listeners, so you need to behave because you're a married woman now, and this is a respectable, a respectable podcast. But when, when you weren't podcast, you know, when, when you weren't married, I, 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 you know, what, what, I, I had no, I had, there was no, there was no reins uh, on you, but now you're married, so I have to remind you, you were a, a married woman, and uh, I'm certain your lovely husband, because it's legal now. Uh, is is you know listening to this episode as every episode? He's probably thinking to himself, "Liz, you were a married woman." <laughs> to me, no less. Not me. I'm 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 being Matt in this moment because this is how Matt talks. I guess I don't know. Sure. <laughs> Whatever. Uh, how's Matt doing? By the way, I haven't seen him in forever. <laughs> he's really good. Yeah, he's really happy. He actually he did the sweetest thing for me last night. I was in the bath and he made me a little reading nook in our home Aww. because I kept saying how I didn't have an established place to read in our home. I've lived with him for about a year and a half now and I would just read in our like on our couch which is super comfy, mm-hmm. but it's an open concept kind of house. So mm-hmm. like basically like our family room is the dining room is the kitchen. And so when he's around or his kids are around, like they'll be really polite and trying not to disturb me, but like you can't just like be quiet for your entire life. So like you feel like you're in the middle of everything when you're sitting on the couch. Mm-hmm. But he like he cleared away a bunch of shit and he just like made me this little reading nook and it was like so adorable. That is not not only is that sweet, Lizercy, but uh, I saw that on Instagram this morning and I so I already thought that that was super sweet. And then as you were talking, I was like is it cool that I saw that on Instagram? Is that stocky? I just happen to be on no, Instagram. No, I like it. I like. I always wonder when, like, 
I post something on Instagram like, why isn't Martin like this yet? <laughs> so you did not disappoint. I was uh, doing my hair this morning when I saw that um, that you liked it. Aww. Had some stuff to get out of my hair. Did that. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, that's fair because you are a married woman now. That's that's actually that's actually fair. Yeah, it's honest jizz. <laughs> <laughs> Just in case you had any questions about what it was. That might even be a better title, Honest Jizz. Let me write that down. <laughs> Honest. It's like the John Grisham novel that never got published. <laughs> Honest Jizz. Let's see. I know we have peaches and jizz. Um, <laughs> There's a theme here. <laughs> uh, let's see here. And the other one we was... We're so good about getting on track with what we were talking about. <laughs> <laughs> we're so good. <laughs> I just fucked it up. <laughs> that's whatever this is fine because uh, we're still technically talking I'm I you know my memory is a little foggy this morning but I'm certain there was at least one episode of Buffy the Vampire Slayer where she got jizz in her hair so it's not like we're like way off base <laughs> so so the Halloween episode of Buffy the first one uh, and and they're all great because the thing is like when they did these Halloween episodes it wasn't just it's Halloween, so let's have the, the Scooby gang sort of celebrate Halloween while fighting vampires. But they always found a really, really great, creative, fun way to to, to make the Halloween episode special. And, and, and also, really, truly, I, I can't say for certain this was the first episode that did it for me, but it was absolutely one of the first episodes where, I, where it became really, really clear that Buffy the Vampire Slayer was a really special show. And it was really creative and fun, and they were doing things that, you know, no one was really thinking about so in this particular episode uh generally what it's about is uh it, it's halloween and so the the the, the new principal because the previous principal got eaten by coyotes in season one so so the new principal whatever his name but like is people coyotes yeah people coyotes no, hy- hy- hyenas oh hyenas. thank you I, I knew i was getting the, the animals stuff. wrong i knew i was getting it wrong but yeah it was uh, the hyena episode where the uh where, where the cool kids were um, they they were, weren't even the cool kids. They were like the bullies, but like that's right. They were like the unpopular bullies. They were really mean. I hated them. But that's... except they dressed like they were shot from J. Crew, which was really <laughs> weird. And it was one of the, like I feel like season one half the premises. When I blogged about it, I would put yes, you are reading this correctly. A spell made them hyenas, and Van- and Xander was with them at the time, and so he was under the spell too. But he was elsewhere. I think he was like off trying to rape Buffy or something, so he did not eat the principal. <laughs> he was like he had to just go get his rape on. So. He was yeah. So he, he was the only one who didn't eat the principal because he was trying to rape uh, his his best Slayer friend. And uh, so yeah, so and so they were hyenas, but not really. They were people. So they were they were sort of cannibalistic although i don't think the word cannibal necessarily came up in the episode or maybe it did you would remember way better than me but either way principal's been eaten by by some of his students now they have a a new principal and uh i am the worst with names although you know what um uh let's see principal snyder there you go (laughs) so it's principal snyder and uh, and so Principal Snyder, the the school's got this this trick or treat program where you know where the some of the high school kids will volunteer, quote unquote, to to take some kids out uh, trick or treating from from four to six. Can we talk about this a little bit? Because <laughs> I just first, of, is that a thing? Like, did your high school or anyone you know like did they do that? Because that certainly wasn't a thing in like Southern Ontario. It uh, not it, it was not a thing anywhere that I've 
that I've <laughs> ever experienced Halloween. But you know what? When I was when I was rewatching it, I was thinking to myself, "That's so nice. That would have been nice to." <laughs> I wish that would have been a thing because my mom never let me go trick or treating ever, ever. You never went trick or treating? I went trick or treating like in earnest I went trick-or-treating once and it was only because I was in junior high and I basically snuck out with my friends so my mom thought I was at a slumber party which I was but part of it we we were trick-or-treating it was the only time and, and I, I told her about that for the first time like five years ago because I felt brave enough to tell her <laughs> what I had done in junior high and um but yeah so it like and, and you know I, I always loved Halloween and you know I would dress up at school Usually not in high school so much, but, you know, when, when you're younger and less insecure, I would definitely dress up. Um, <clears throat> so was it like a safety issue that she didn't want you going out? Yeah, it was a combination of a safety issue and she completely 100% bought into the uh, what I think of as like more of a, an American fear that all the candy was going to be poisoned and have razor blades and and so, um, and so to, to where even I was like, listen, I don't care about the, can I just go trick or treating? I'll throw away the candy. I just want to engage in this really fun thing. And so once in a while it'd be like, all right, so you can go to, you know, we would like, she, she, she would like handpick a few houses on the street where like she knew the people who lived there, like go to those houses and then come home. And then, you know, and I would, and it was nice, but you know, I, I never, and so even with this program, Honestly, my mom probably wouldn't have cared. She'd probably have been like, yeah, no, you're not going trick-or-treating. But, you know, she would usually, like, she would, you know, take me out so we could, we'd, like, rent a couple of movies, get a pizza. Like, she would help. That's nice. We would, you know, she wouldn't just ignore the the holiday because she knew that I I enjoyed it. But so, so yeah, so whenever whenever people talk about trick-or-treating, I always always feel like, oh, fuck. Because I'm not going to lie, trick-or-treating was, like, the best thing ever for me. It It was so much fun. I, you know, the one time I did it in, in junior high, I had a, it was, it, I had a great time. It was every bit as much fun as, uh, as I hoped it would be. And then later that night, uh, at the slumber party with my friends, we were playing poker. At least I imagine we were playing poker. Who knows if we knew if we were doing it right, but we were kind of it playing. It was the po- her who you were poking. <laughs> hey uh, it was just a bunch of, a bunch of dudes. We didn't know any girls. But, oh, hello. Uh, <laughs> oh, n- no, no, Liz, no. Not that there's anything wrong like with that. I'm just saying it didn't happen. all over the poison candy. <laughs> okay, so so maybe, listen, it was a slumber party. At some point, I'm sure some people were asleep when others were awake. There might have been jizz in hair. I can't attest to that because I might have been asleep. So we can, but I don't. I have no idea if there was junior high jizz in anybody's hair that particular night. But here's the part that I was going to say. Is we were playing poker and we were using our candy as as currency, and Ooh. so and so of course I'm thinking you know when I go home from this lumber party I can't go home with a bunch of candy because that would be suspicious because I'm not supposed to go trick or treating, um, or really do uh, anything that involves me possibly engaging in in the world with strangers I guess. So um so I so just just for funsies I kept like betting all my candy like literally trying to get rid of it and I kept winning and all of a sudden I just had this huge pile of candy because I kept winning. <laughs> Even though I was trying to get rid of it, ultimately I took it home with me and, uh, you know, kind of snuck it in. And she never, like, looked for candy. And so me and my brother had candy for a few days. So that so that, so that was a, the trick-or-treating thing. So I, the, maybe that's another reason why I love these Buffy episodes or really any episode of anything that deals with, with Halloween. So this particular one, uh, the, the principal was volunteering people himself. So just like... Oh, yeah. That's what I wanted to talk about originally. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. In fact, you go ahead because I feel like you had so, something to say about it. So I just love how... Because um, 
with Snyder, it's kind of his thing where he forces people to sign up for things. Mm-hmm. And I, a few episodes back where um, you first meet the Spike character, he forced Buffy and this other juvenile delinquent girl named Sheila to basically organize and decorate parent-teacher night under threat of expulsion. <laughs> and in this episode, I don't know, I know that, like, his behavior would definitely not fly. I don't think it would fly then, but especially <laughs> not in this PC, like, day and age where you look at a student wrong and you're getting, like, sued for bullying or uh-huh. whatever. He grabbed a girl super hard by the arm, flung her around, and, like, shoved a clipboard in her face. Like, if it wasn't Snyder, it would have turned me on. It was that violent. <laughs> and then the other thing, of course, is, like, uh, the the kids just kind of go along with it. Like, oh, well, I signed. He made me sign. I have to... I yeah, have to do this thing. Pussies. It's like, you know, no, like my parents aren't going to let me go out. You're, they're still minors. Mm-hmm. And what if they have too much homework? Like they, you can't. It's ridiculous. <laughs> and here's I, the, I, I love that he did it because I love this episode. But <laughs> and, and the other thing, too, is like when uh, uh, sort of getting ahead, but not really when Buffy showed up. Uh, to pick up her group of kids that she was taking trick or treating, Snyder was because because to Snyder Buffy is a juvenile delinquent and she is just the lowest form of high school student, uh, which of course it begs the question why would he trust her with the kids? I know, right? but but then when she showed up for for to to get the kids, uh, Snyder was adamant that she not talk to the kids, and so Buffy was like, "Hey, how you guys doing?" He was like, "Ah, nope, no time." And I'm like, "How how is she supposed to take proper care of these kids if she can't?" Talk to them, Snyder. I really don't feel like you've thought this whole program through. I know. And for me, I loved big kids when I was like the age of the trick-or-treaters. Anytime there was a teenager and especially a teenage girl, I just I wanted her to just adore me and I wanted to be her best friend. So if I was in Buffy's group, I would have just been in seventh heaven to get this beautiful <laughs> girl in this beautiful princessy outfit. I would have loved it. And for her to like not talk to the kids, I feel like it's kind of shitting on the kids' experience too. <laughs> right? This you have this teenager and they're they're not talking to you. <laughs> what the fuck is the point of that? Right? <laughs> fucking fucking Snyder. I have I, I have to be an asshole. That's what he cares about more than anything. Is that even though if he thinks that Buffy would, you know, do whatever juvenile delinquent thing to these kids he's thinking of, he would rather ruin her day by making her sign up than actually worry about the kids. Fucking Snyder. Fucking Snyder. He, you know what? He's, 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 uh, but you know, here's, here's why I can't get on his case. He's got a program that's ultimately helping kids go trick or treating. That's more than I got. <laughs> so, so you know what? I've, I got, I've got to hand it to, to Snyder, but the trick or treating isn't what made this episode so special. And so, <clears throat> so, so, so there's, there's, a, there's a couple of things. One, and we'll start with this, and then we'll kind of, we'll kind of unfold what the episode's about. Particularly for anybody who's never seen Buffy, because if you've seen Buffy, then you already kind of know what this episode's about. But if you haven't seen Buffy, first, we are introduced to uh, a brand new character who will make periodic appearances, like once or twice a season. Uh, his name is uh, Ethan. Is it Ethan Rain? Ethan Rain, yeah. E- Ethan Rain, played by an actor. Love named. Ethan Rain. He is the best, and 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 he he becomes sort of um, through Ethan. He's actually even though he only appears once or twice a season, he also he always uh, illuminates the, the he, he teaches us something new about the show or 
or, or the characters, or he he's very much sort of um I wouldn't call him a trickster character, but definitely a character. I would. Who, okay. I think so because he he worships chaos. That's mm-hmm. his thing. Like in this episode, especially, you see him with the candles and praying to the statue, and he just he loves to fuck shit up. He's basically yeah. like a a stodgier British version of the Joker, <laughs> right? Like, he, and it's not like he wants to like actively hurt anybody but he just doesn't care if people get hurt as a result of this chaos he just wants to pull these pranks especially because he has history with giles mm-hmm. and he loves to fuck with giles and of course at, when he stirs things up it forces all the other characters to to sort of uh, you know respond to, to this chaos and, and in that response you know sometimes uh, sometimes things get shaken loose and, you know, uh, relationships get uh, forged or, or broken or we just learn new things, especially about Giles. It's almost always some new layer is, you know, uh, unveiled about Giles through Ethan, you know, Ethan Reigns. And so in this particular episode where we meet him for the first time, this trickster character, and, you know, now that you've sort of validated this half thought that I was about to uh, get rid of. Don't he... sell yourself short, Martin. Oh, thank you, Liz Hersey. Uh, it's, it's still Hersey, by the way, right? It's still Hersey. Okay. It's Hersey till the day I die. Nice. Um, so so uh, Ethan uh, opens up a costume shop. And, of course, you know, around Halloween, costume shops open up all the time, and they're generally temporary, and then they go away. So that's it's not crazy that a shop you've never seen before would just open up selling costumes. So that part is totally reasonable. No reason to be suspicious about that. And then this this uh, this very nice British man who's, uh, practically giving costumes away, even if you know, like like Buffy sees this uh, sort of this Victorian gown, and she's imagining, you know, that this was probably the type of woman that that Angel liked because she's still in those yeah. early stages. We'll go of... into that backstory in a bit. Absolutely, a lot of uh, fruit to be plucked there. <laughs> you are a married woman. Oh wait, I think you were just actually. I think that was very sincere. Yeah, well, as I was thinking, I was like, man, this sounds kind of dirty, but it wasn't. <laughs> I mean, plucking fruit, not only could it be dirty, but it could possibly be a, a title for the show. Let me write that down, plucking <laughs> fruit. And then it will just let people think plucking fruit. It's getting fruit. progressively cleaner as we go. I know. We're, we're, we're going to have to like... title without the word jizz in it, so I think progress. <laughs> uh, so, so we've got Ethan Rain. He's got these costumes. And then we'll just kind of jump ahead to, to ultimately what he's doing is he's every alt, everybody who gets a costume from his shop... We're going to see him later do some sort of pull some 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 witchcraft, and whatever costume you got from his shop, you you become that costume, whatever it was. So so Buffy gets this Victorian costume, so then she becomes this very you know uh, dainty, demure Victorian woman who's the complete opposite of the badass that Buffy actually is. Uh, you've got uh, I'm just kind of going off memory here, but you've got Xander who's dressed as a military guy, and technically he had his own military fatigues that he got from like a like a like a army surplus store that was like his like regular go-to costume mm-hmm. was this soldier costume because he got the fatigues but he bought the toy gun from to- Ethan's mm-hmm. store uh, and that was enough that and that, <laughs> that was in fact i didn't even realize re-watching it i didn't realize that's all he got from the store but again you know they're they're playing fair only the people who got something from the short store were affected willow got a, a ghost costume and uh, and actually, as the Scooby Gang, go- well, fuck, you know, that's really the whole Scooby Gang, kind of, sort of, because um, I mean, of course, there's Cordelia, my 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 favorite, my my television uh, mistress, Cordelia, who was uh, dressed up in a in a slutty, you know, 
cat outfit, but she didn't get it from Ethan's store, so she didn't actually. Party town. Yeah, so she didn't actually become a a cat or or anything. What did you think of that costume, Martin? I I I, I thought that uh, perhaps maybe I need to pause the show for a moment, but that has you know that has nothing to do with with this podcast. Um, <laughs> can I just can we just talk about this scene where she goes up to Oz and Oz is so like oblivious. <laughs> To, you know what people are like like attempts at trying to be sexy or whatever and he says what would just completely just infuriate any girl trying to be sexy in a cat costume He's like oh cordelia geez you're like a great big cat <laughs> and it just completely because oz is just we'll we'll talk about oz because he's he we've seen him a couple times and we see him a little bit here but he's such a deadpan guy mm-hmm. and cordelia's response is that's my costume <laughs> <laughs> you just walk around calling anyone a cat for no reason but no Oz that's my costume so and I, I that's kind of funny and I was also thinking about how Cordelia was about 27 <laughs> probably at this point filming <laughs> filming Buffy which um uh made it just uh just just all the more hotter that this uh just this woman who's uh, much too old to be of age woman <laughs> Uh, love me some Cordelia. Did I tell you? I don't remember if I, if I mentioned this to you that um, uh, uh, Cordelia, uh, Ch- oh, fuck, what's what's her what's her name? Charisma Carpenter. Charisma Carpenter. Um, I haven't seen it yet, um, but she she did a, a full on filthy softcore cable movie. Was it called Bound? Was that what you're talking about? Maybe. Did we talk about this already? I thought well, it came out a few years ago, and mm-hmm. it was with one of the Baldwin brothers who played like her dad, and <laughs> it was it was like this S and M movie. I think they were just kind of globbing onto the whole Fifty Shades of Grey thing. All of a sudden, it's mm-hmm. cool to like S and M as if it hasn't been around and awesome for so long, right? And um, and so she's this kind of high powered businesswoman, and she's trying to get this deal to go through or whatever, and she meets this mysterious younger man. And he, like, introduces her to the world of S&M, and he's, like, her dom, and she's just, like, doing all these uh, humiliating things, and he's sabotaging her work and stuff, and, but she's just so attracted to him, and all that. It's, it's not, it, it's as cheesy as you think it's going to be, <laughs> but it's, it's pretty fucking cool, too. I, I, I liked it for the cheese factor. I love that uh, not only did you, you, did you know what it was about, but you've seen it, and you already had an opinion on it. <laughs> It's with Charisma Carpenter and it's called Bound. What else do you think I'm gonna do? You know, yeah, you're 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 absolutely right. Uh recently, very recently, Chanel and I discovered uh a really cheesy uh softcore show on Showtime called Submission. Have you seen that one? No. It's um it's kind of the same thing, very clearly uh glomming onto the success of uh, Fifty Shades of Grey, but and I haven't seen Bound, but I, I suspect it's very similar in that it's like, you know, like if if the Disney Channel was going to engage in making like some, you know, like bondage porn, like it would look like this show. And and like like what they were doing would have been like really edgy, like super edgy, you know, like pre-internet in like the mid to late 90s. Then it would have been like, holy shit, I can't believe there's stuff they're doing. Um, and I almost wonder like... I can't help but wonder who these shows are for, Liz. Uh, the the the, or maybe, I don't know. Do you have any theories on that? By the way, probably just the same people who read the Fifty Shades of Grey who they think that they're being so daring by reading this stuff instead of going out and actually doing it. 
Yeah, I mean, like pretending like the internet doesn't exist and they don't have access to, like, if this is what if this is this if like this is what you want to see, you have access to like way better and more authentic versions of this. But like, you're watching this like very watered down uh, Disney porn on on Showtime, <laughs> but they keep making it. So I imagine somebody's watching it. It's, it's somebody's. It, is like, is there somebody who's like, you know, like they like they want to watch the. Uh, I don't know. They like, like, like they want to. They want to engage in the world of pornography, but they've actually drawn a line in the sand, and so they won't go beyond this line. And so they produce. So Showtime makes the like this show, and they're like perfect. I don't know, and sometimes people get a little grossed out by porn. Like they don't like to see like the like smash cuts to people's junk and stuff like this. <laughs> so I feel like what you're talking about it's it's a very pretty form of it. So you don't actually have to look at you know like dicks and you know vaginas with like jizz pouring out of them but like you can still feel like oh i'm being so daring and sexual by watching this show that was almost a title but it ended up being too long dicks and vaginas with jizz pouring out of them that's a good title for something but my uh, memoir i just have to make sure (laughs) write it down liz write it down because like for me it won't fit on itunes but for for your book definitely that would be an outstanding title um so, yeah, so speaking of uh, dicks and vaginas with jizz pouring out of them, so Buffy and the gang dressed up for Halloween. And Willow was dressed up as, uh, she was dressed up as, as a ghost. So, so, so Buffy became the demure sort of uh, uh, feminine or whatever. It's just the, the, the complete opposite of, of a badass. Xander's the military guy. And then Willow, because she, she technically she has two costumes, but the costume that she got from, uh, from Ethan's store, it's just a very run-of-the-mill Ghost generic, type. generic, gas, ghastly ghost. It said, mm-hmm. and it's just basically a white sheet with holes for the eyes and mouth, and it says "boo" on her on her chest. But because it's a ghost, you know, for for the night, she becomes a ghost. But here's here's something that that occurred to me this morning, and I would love to give you get your thoughts on this. So so Buffy's kind of telling her that you know, like Halloween, it's 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 a great day of the year, especially for 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 girls because they get to sort of be crazy and be wild and be sexual and they can be this the thing. This is just like a precursor for the, oh, like the mean girls. Halloween's the one night a year where you can dress like a slut and no one can say anything bad about you behind your back. That's basically what she, she, she had a more, she didn't say the word slut and it was very, it was very much meant in the spirit of feminism and unleashing your wild side. But that was basically, I'm wondering if the slutty costumes took an upturn when she made that speech. You know what? I'd like to believe that that's true. I, I would like to believe that Buffy had some effect on that. So here's... And she was also just being a good friend, too. I think yeah. that it, it's not... She's not saying this to one of the cheerleaders. She's saying this to her friend Willow, who... Willow is her own worst enemy when it comes to confidence and being sexy because she's too scared to take a risk. So she just basically, metaphorically, hides under a sheet all the time. And now with Halloween, that's what she wants to do is literally hide under a sheet. Mm-hmm. And Buffy said, no, like, you know, there's people, there's a guy out there, Xander, who you like. And he or any other guy will never notice you if you don't put yourself out there a little bit. And that doesn't have to mean dressing like a slut. It just means not hiding under a sheet, which is what Willow wants to do. Mm-hmm. And so the second costume that's under the sheet... Uh, in the script for the episode, it was described as hot rocker chick. And, uh, and so, you know, to, so to see her dressed up, in the, especially when I was rewatching it this morning, she is, uh, you know, very objectively sexy. And it's, it's a very attractive, sexy outfit. But here's my problem with it. It wasn't a costume. She was just dressed 
sort of provocatively, like she was going yeah. out for the night. And I, I have so many questions about this costume, and I have so much to say about it. First of all, I have my own little history with this episode and this particular storyline, because listeners of the podcast will know that my parents very strict with the TV watching when I was a kid, so I wasn't allowed to watch Buffy until I was like in high school. But Buffy, along with all the other popular teen shows like Dawson's Creek or Sabrina the Teenage Witch, had like young adult books that you could go out and buy or get from the library, and most of them were original stories. But with Buffy, they would have books like the Xander Chronicles or the Willow Files, and so it would be three novelized versions of episodes that were Willow centric or Xander centric. Hmm. And so this one fell into like the Buffy and Angel saga or whatever, because it was a big step forward in their relationship. Mm-hmm. And, um, and so I, while I hadn't seen the episode when I was a kid, I had read the novelized version of it and it was called a rocker girl costume in there as well. And I want to know where did she get this costume? <laughs> right? Because it wouldn't have been from Ethan's because then she would have been the ghost of a rocker chick because that would have taken effect too. So she didn't own it. And I w- at, at first I thought it was maybe she borrowed the clothes from Buffy. Maybe she was like, you know, Buffy, you're, you're right. Maybe I will give this a try. But I think that th- this episode is a big one for Willow because when shit hits the fan, we really see her taking charge. And I think that she's been wanting to be this sexy girl for a while, but she's scared to do it publicly. But I think she went out and bought those clothes a long time ago. (laughs) And she would just, you know, like put them on every night before she went to the bronze and say, oh, yeah, this is the night that I'm going to go and everyone's going to see my hot, skinny little body and Xander's going to be all up in my grill. And then she would chicken out la- like last minute and then punish herself by wearing like the ugliest outfit ever. Because let's face <laughs> it, like early Willow wardrobe is cringeworthy. So I'm, I'm kind of thinking that that was Willow's outfit because, yeah, like you said, it wasn't a costume. It was clothes. Like it was club, like 90s club girl clothes. And... Buffy is so shocked when Willow comes out. So it it must be that Willow had the clothes, right? Yeah, that's the only thing that makes sense to me. And again, because I, I'm 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 a Halloween purist, the the my 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 primary right because you know again objectively uh, very hot to look at. So I didn't mind that she was wearing it. But you know I I love Halloween, and I you know it's like that's not a costume. You're just you know if you it's. Like even the girls who who dress up slutty on Halloween, there's some costume element in what they're doing. They have to wear the animal ears, according to Mean Girls rules, because Mean Girls they say, oh, it's just they just wear lingerie and put some form of animal ears on. Exactly, that's all you need. Uh, Or the the theory that I've been uh, that I've been preaching for for years, whatever your costume is, just add vampire teeth, and all of a sudden it's awesome. <laughs> so that I've been, I've been, I've been, and I've been dressing up as a vampire every year for this will be uh, like year six or seven, something like that. Um, just, just yesterday, I was shopping for my vampire costume for the upcoming Halloween. Uh, but yeah, so whatever you are, you know, you're 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 a doctor, you're a baseball player, you're a dentist, you're slutty strawberry shortcake. Add vampire teeth, and now you're a vampire doctor, you're a vampire dentist, you're a vampire whatever, you're a vampire slutty strawberry shortcake, and and it just takes it up a level, and it, 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 and it brings you into that the, the 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 spirit of Halloween, which 
which you know I've, I've I feel like I've made this argument so many times that, that the listeners might be bored, but. But, you know, for me, Halloween, it's not just a costume party. It's a spooky costume party. You can have a costume party any time of the year and be slutty <laughs> strawberry shortcake. But for Halloween, you know, it's about, like, horror movies and candy and haunted houses and haunted mazes. And so your costume should, you know, it's more than a costume party. So so Willow, again, I mean, you know, like, the argument you made is, is, is for me, it, you were, you're, you're, you got me a little bit closer to accepting it because for Willow, it really was kind of a costume. It really was dressing up as somebody that she is absolutely not, even if you wanted to extend the argument further and saying she's dressing up as one of the, uh, you know, cool skanky girls at school who aren't afraid to, to you know, express themselves in this way. Uh, and I say skanky with all due respect. Um, but if she added vampire teeth to that costume, then, you know, she's winning the Starbucks card at the costume party or whatever, <laughs> whatever they're giving out. The uh, the espresso pump card. Because <laughs> Cordelia even called it a no Starbucks town in one episode. So the espresso pump, that's that's where they go. This is why you're ideal for any Buffy episode, because <laughs> I, I have no memory of that. But I know that you are 100 percent correct. So. And with uh, Willow's costume, um, in uh, season three, uh, my favorite episode of the entire series is one called Doppelgangland, oh, yeah. where uh, the uh, there's a vampire version of Willow from a parallel universe, and she gets brought to a real-life Sunnydale, and this vampire version of Willow dresses like this hardcore dominatrix, and so at one point, she this vampire Willow goes to the bronze and one of the bully kind of jock guys were like, hey, Willow, what are you doing trick-or-treating? So it's kind of funny that it comes mm. full circle. And while Doppelgangland is my favorite episode, this Halloween episode is my second favorite episode of the entire series. It When you suggested a Halloween podcast, I was like, Buffy, Halloween. You have to talk <laughs> about it. It's so awesome. Because this whole concept of um, Ethan Rain's Be Careful What You Wish For spell, is it, it's so genius and inventive. And ever since I heard of this concept, at any Halloween party scenario I'm at, I always imagine that's happening. And I kind of just stand back and look at everyone's costume and envision what specific kind of chaos would happen. It's such a fun game to play on Halloween. Yeah, it, it really, uh, well, the, the game itself, I'm going to start doing that because that, that does sound like fun and it would give me an excuse to think about Buffy the next time I'm at a boring Halloween party, which in my experience, they're all kind of boring, but uh, but they it's are. always, but it's fun. Like the, the, the I mean, the, dressing up is fun. Really, the, uh, really for Chanel and I, like the, the most fun part about Halloween is dressing up and then getting good pictures of your costumes because just knowing the rest of the night is not going to live up to the actual <laughs> dressing up and taking pictures of your of your costumes or whatever your party you're at get at least one good picture of your costume because you know that the actual party is not going to be amazing although Chanel and I do have high hopes now that we live in Las Vegas that we ha- we're, we're both thinking like this will be our first Halloween in Vegas and we're both nice. thinking like Vegas has got to do it on Halloween. They've got to do it. If there's only one town in the whole goddamn world that's going to do it up for Halloween, it has to be Las Vegas. I'll report back to you later because I have no Sounds idea. Sounds good. But, um, and with, I feel like with a lot of adult costumes, it's all based on these accessories. And in the night, like if you're having a drink or you're dancing, you don't want to be holding like a big broadsword or anything like that. So you're right. Get a picture <laughs> with the broadsword and just like pitch it aside. Like last year, I went as Lance Armstrong. For Halloween, and I so and my costume was so accessories based because I was just in a cycling outfit basically, and um, it was a I had a little bag that had a fake syringe in it, and it said not steroids, and I also had a ball with a one on it because it was my one ball. 
<laughs> and of course, and I thought it was so funny. And like people, it's one of those costumes where like off the cuff, when you look at me, you're not necessarily going to know. But then when you see what I am, it's funny. But I don't want to carry around like a fake <laughs> testicle all night long, right? I want to get my, I don't want to get my dance on. Now here's what, here's one thing I want you to think about. Well, first of all, I also, I, I saw that costume on Instagram and it was brilliant. <laughs> but here's something else I want you to think about. I mean, past is past. We can't change anything, but just imagine this. Imagine the costume you just described, which is, again, hilarious and brilliant. But imagine this. Add vampire teeth. Nice. Now you are vampire, <laughs> vampire Lance, Armstrong. Lance Armstrong. And I wonder if Ethan's spell would have taken effect if I, like, in real life, if I would have literally turned into Lance Armstrong. <sighs> and I'd just be like, you know, well, all this chaos is going on because i just imagine that like what we saw when the spell takes effect it's good guys versus bad guys it's the mm-hmm. soldiers and the superheroes and the katniss everdeens versus like the vampires and witches and forces of darkness if i were lance armstrong i would just like i would hightail it to the bathroom and just see like what like the package with the one ball looked like and then i would just fuck myself into until the spell ended <laughs> that's what i would do <laughs> uh you haven't thought about this at all liz hersey <laughs> Well, see, that's what I do on Halloween if I think about these. Not about Lance Armstrong masturbating in the bathroom, right. but about, you know, what would happen. And so are you're going as a vampire for Halloween again? Absolutely, yes. Sounds good. Can I tell you what my costume's going to be? There's a bit of a story behind it. But By all means. I mean, anyone who's made it an hour into a Liz and Martin podcast can handle a tangent. <laughs> so my life is so crazy that two weeks after my wedding – I was a bridesmaid in another wedding and the rule was like, we didn't wear the matching dresses, but we had to um, just get, we could get whatever dress we wanted. It just had to be Navy blue. Mm -hmm. So I went to this website where I had ordered dresses from them before and very like super dirt, dirt cheap. And, um, and so I found this one dress that was this kind of vintage Audrey Hepburn looking thing. And it was Navy. It's like 12 bucks. So I was like, "Hmm, let's do it. Mm -hmm. So I order it. I get it. It's like fucking purpley blue and not going to cut it. And so, I mean, I only paid 12 bucks for it. Oh, and it also didn't fit me that well. It was a little too big. So I wouldn't have worn it anyway, even if it was navy. I kind of made a half-assed attempt at like trying to get my money back. But they said it was as described. So I was like, whatever, it's 12 bucks. But I'm like, what am I going to do with this dress? Because I'm not going to wear it normally because it's a little too big for me. I don't really like it. So what do I do with this blue dress? And I thought, oh, I can just make it some Halloween costume. So I thought, okay, blue dress, who can I be? Who, you know, wears a blue dress? And so I thought, okay, I got an idea. What if I accessorize this blue dress, this blue dress with some knee pads and go as Monica Lewinsky? <laughs> so that's what I'm going to be this Halloween. Add a girl. And you know what I like about that, especially not beyond the, the fun, creative aspect of it? Uh, I, I love that you're uh, that, that that you're taking in this sort of uh, American political uh, pop culture phenomenon and uh, and doing it in, in Canada. Exactly, that's who I am. That makes it. In fact, just uh, just yesterday, I was watching. The, yesterday, there was this. Uh, uh, there was a hashtag on Twitter. What was it like? Uh, something about um, something about America. Tell America it's great. Something like that. And um, but it, but it, yeah, as I as I looked into it, it seemed to be a Canadian thing that there was this sort of fun, funny sort of Canadian uh, uh, social media moment where uh, culturally, um, you guys, all five of you, felt the need to remind America, especially because like right now, as far as uh, as far as the the history books go, right now in this moment in America, 
we are neck deep in the presidential election with uh, Donald Trump and uh, Hillary Clinton. And so it is, um, it's just, a, a, anytime you turn on the, the, the news or, or really I go outside or go on social media anywhere, it's just a, just a madhouse of uh, just sort of, you know, just the lines drawn in the sand and, and uh, you know, people sort of at each other's throats and Donald Trump sort of, you know, being his own sort of trickster character and kind of <laughs> stirring the pot, so to speak. And so, um, and so there was this, uh, there's this great video, it's like a minute and a half, called Tell America It's Great. And it's just uh, just one short video after another of Canadians saying, like, great things about America. And, and like, genuine. It was, like, the sweetest, uh, nicest. And it's like, of course this came out of Canada. Obviously. Obviously that this, this you know, this lovely country. <laughs> Land of the nice. <laughs> would, uh, would see all the, all the crazy political strife going on in, a, in America and say, you know what? They could use a nice video on social media. <laughs> hey, let's do this. Yeah, for and it really and it was really and it was really sweet. Um, especially on the heels of, uh, you know, Donald Trump um, grabbing pussies and whatnot. Yeah, uh, I, I I was not impressed with that. I have to say, I don't like to get too political, but that was because it's just like it's. Just, <laughs> That's a, I'm, I'm such an articulate political speaker. It was. <laughs> uh, I will say this though. Um, uh, not uh, about a week ago, um, in a moment that uh, I only half thought about, but for Chanel, has become uh, perhaps the the highlight of uh, not just our married life, but of our of our friendship altogether. Um, I, I I walked up behind her. Um, and may or may not have done something and said, I like where this is going. You just got trumped. <laughs> and she fell on the floor laughing. She's been telling all of her friends about it. And That's I was like, so funny. It's like, I had no idea she'd enjoy that well, so much. I actually had my own little experience with this whole grab them by the pussy thing. Mm-hmm. And um, it was, I forget where I was. I was probably at like a coffee shop or something. And there was, you know how toddlers are just basically like, they act like drunk idiots. They just kind of run around and they can't even like hold themselves up. Mm-hmm. Well, there was this toddler who was, you know, running around and didn't really know how to walk yet. And it went to, it was starting to fall, but then it stopped itself from falling by grabbing my vagina. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and, and not, not like, you know, like feeling around or anything. Sure. It, it, was, it, was a, it was a purely uh, like a, like a crutch, if you will, <laughs> for this game. But it was just, it was so funny that this was like two days after this whole pussy gate or whatever we're calling it <laughs> came out. Is that it's already it's seeping into the minds of Canadian boys. So if it's you know and and the kid didn't even fucking say sorry. I was like, do you know what country? <laughs> oh no! I, oh fuck! I think you just got cut off and you were in the middle of something really really great. Oh, it looks like you're still there. Can you hear me? By the way. Okay, if you can hear me, Liz Hersey, I can't hear you, so here's what I'm going to do. I am going to write down... Mark, can you hear me? Oh, there you are. Yeah, it it cut out again. Like, I could hear you, but yeah, I don't think you could hear me. Okay, good. So I was actually... Here's what I was... I was in the middle of doing. I was was like, okay, so clearly I'm going to have to go search for Liz Hersey, and then when I find her again, we'll we'll pick it up. And so I was just making myself a note of where we left off, but there you are. And we really didn't uh, lose anything, so... So that so so the listeners they'll get that that you know especially for Halloween it was scary and it was mysterious and it was like where did Liz go and like that you know it's sort of yeah, it's Ethan Rain casting another spell it lends itself to to the conversation we were having or oh shit dude how about this 
what if um, some just like just sort of, you know, high ranking big brother Illuminati uh, American faction is like, you know what? We don't want you guys talking about the shit you're talking about. So we're going to cut off the Canadian. (laughs) Typical. God damn it. God damn it. The only reason I want that to be true is I, as I want to believe that um, that my listeners go up that that high in uh, in mysterious power ranking. I th- I think that you might be onto something there, Martin. I hope that's true. Detectives Lewis and Martin back on the case again, <laughs> figuring shit out every time we do this. We're not even <laughs> we're not even trying. So uh, I, I guess we can finish like synopsizing the episode and then give a few oh, more yeah. thoughts on it because at this point, who knows how long we've been? Actually, you probably know it's it's been we've. So we started roughly uh, an hour ago, and I think we've talked about Buffy for about five minutes. So we'll we'll, <laughs> <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll give it a little bit more uh, a little bit more air time. So um, so to synopsize it quickly, uh, or kind of wrap it up quickly, just uh, the episode itself. Um, so so all the costumes that uh, Ethan Rain turned them into, they were all thematically kind of sort of the opposite of sort of who they were. So Buffy again, she's a badass. So for this episode, very. Um, Demure, old school Victorian non badass who, when the vampires are around, she she in fact she faints the first time she sees a vampire. Uh, Xander, who was you know uh, sort of uh, emasculated earlier when he was about to get pummeled by a jock, and Buffy Can saved him. Can we talk about this whole Larry thing? Oh yeah, yeah, go for it, okay. go for it. So this is actually the first time we meet Larry, Larry the bully, and mm-hmm. he definitely. I don't want to say too much about him in case people who are listening haven't seen Buffy, but he over the next couple seasons undergoes like a pretty pivotal uh, story arc and Mm -hmm. he becomes a completely different person from the douchebag we see here. And, but so when we first meet him, he kind of comes up, Xander's getting a pop at the soda machine and it's not working. And he kind of, like Larry's kind of being a perv and he's like, oh yeah, like have you ever, you know, hooked up with Buffy? Think she'd go for me? I hear she's fast. And and Xander's, <laughs> Xander's trying to, you know, stand up for Buffy and her honor and say, I hope you mean like the wind and all this stuff. And so, you know, Xander, he's being a nice guy and he's standing up for for Buffy, but he's also, he's kind of a bit of a dick to Larry. Like, he kind of is. Like, Larry's just being, you know, a, a frat boy kind of douchebag type. But Xander, like, initially Larry says, oh, so, so do, you, do you think that Buffy would go out with me? And Xander's like, yeah, let me think about it. No. And this is before, <laughs> I believe this was before Larry said anything disrespectful about mm-hmm. Buffy. And that's when Larry kind of comes back with, oh, yeah, well, I hear she's best. And so, um, and so then, you know, Xander kind of gets his feathers ruffled a little bit. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and and Larry's like, oh, what are you going to do about it? And Xander is the one who starts getting physical with Larry because he grabs him by the shirt. Mm-hmm. So I know that we're supposed to think that, oh, here's this, you know, bully beating on poor Xander. He basically, like, shoved Xander off him because he was stronger than Xander. And that's when Buffy kind of intervened. Mm-hmm. So I like, even though yes, Larry is a creepy douchebag. He was not. I I see that Xander was more the bully than Larry. Just putting you, that hot take out there. You are making a, a very strong argument because I can't disagree with everything you're saying. Because again, like let's say, let's say Larry says, "Hey, do you think Buffy would go out with me?" And let's say Xander's like, "You know what? I don't know. You you can ask her and find out. I mean, you know, she's standing right over there." Not only does Xander come off all right, he's not going to get up. Get, get beat up and you know Buffy she's not going to be interested because you know she's got her eyes set on 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 Angel 
And so ultimately, exactly. Xander would get what he wanted. But you are absolutely correct. Xander kind of sort of did initiate the, the douchey. He's like, no, of course not. Why would she go out with an asshole like yeah. you? Yeah. And I feel like Larry kind of, because he he's not exactly who he says he is and or comes across. And so I think that his, his masculinity was clearly wounded. So he felt the need to come back with that by saying something, you know, in his eyes, hyper-masculine, which is means disrespectful to women <laughs> in, in this day and age. And, um, and so that's how the whole thing started. My other point about this is, no, not a guy, have, have never, you know, never been one. I'm just, you know, I've, I've had them, but just I'm on not Halloween. One. And exactly, right? One ball. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> so, so Larry's about to, you know, continue his kicking of Xander's ass, but then Buffy stops him and uses strength and, um, you know, she kind of slams him into the vending machine. She's like, get gone. Which when I first heard that, I thought that was so badass. And I'm <laughs> dying to say that to someone. And I don't think I've ever had the opportunity. But who knows, maybe. And so he, she basically saves Xander from getting beat up. And then Xander gets so mad at Buffy for for basically emasculating him. And and says, you should just let me got beat up. Now I have a rep as a sissy man. Which, first of all, gross. Like, why would you say that, Xander? Come on. <laughs> What year is it? Not 1997. This is 20 fucking 16, asshole. Have some respect. <laughs> and also, as a guy, it, like in high school, would that have been a thing? Like if you're about to get the shit beat out of you, but a friend who's a girl saves you from that, would you rather have got beat up or would you rather have been saved by a girl? So here's the thing. Me, Liz Hersey, I would like to not get beat up. And let's say, for example, Chanel had... A, superpowers like Buffy and she had the ability to beat up uh, not just vampires but beat up men larger than me I can't tell I, I would be picking fights every single day every day just <laughs> just so Chanel could save me and beat somebody up like I think that would be awesome and hot so so I, I had no I would have no problem with that but I know that that this guy this 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 sentiment that Sander is Representing, I I know that it does exist in uh in sort of the uh, the larger male culture. Now I I don't connect with it on any. So here's so so like you know how I mean we mostly probably see it in television and movies and and so I, I, it's hard to say like did the television or movies affect the culture or did the culture you know affect the the movies and the television? But there is this thing with guys feeling the need to to you know to 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 have fights over words of about you know women particularly say women in your life like i like i like you know like you know hey i heard your friend is a slut and xander's about to like throw fists whereas if like if somebody told me he's like hey i heard your friend's a slut i'd be like oh really i don't know we've, yep, we've never that's liz that's <laughs> that's liz and then the, then the theme music for the show starts uh, <laughs> but like you know like me i'd be like oh I don't know. I guess. I, did you hear? I've never heard that. That's 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 crazy. That's cool. I'll ask her. I guess. I don't know. But it wouldn't even like. And it, it wouldn't even be me. Like, let me try to diffuse the the situation. Um, I guess amongst other things, like I would be like, well, you know, I don't know. Is that a bad thing to to be a slut if she's you know enjoying her sexuality? That's not a, a bad thing. Are you if you're criticizing her for that? But even if even you know even still, like I've never I've never ever I've never like. If you if you ever see me like being chivalrous in that way, like I'm totally faking it because like I think this is what I'm, <laughs> I think this is what the, I'm supposed to do. This is what the the movies and the TV has taught me that 
if somebody says something, you have to be, you know, chivalrous or even like, you know, like, uh, like there's, there's, there's like this very sort of, you know, like caveman male sentiment of like, you know, if, if, uh, you know, if you, if, 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 like if you look at another guy's girlfriend or wife or whatever, particularly if he's there, then, you know, then, then you raise the risk of him, uh, like coming and starting a fight with you. Right. Uh, Uh, See, for me, I love chivalry. Like I love men holding doors open for me and, and, and all that stuff. I like, I love the nice side of chivalry, but when, when it's about, Oh, you looked at my woman. I'm going to suck you in the kisser and all this kind of douchey caveman stuff. Like save the caveman stuff for the bedroom. Okay. Cause I think when it becomes you having to right show, show your masculinity and stand up for your woman through fisticuffs, it stops being about the woman and it's mm-hmm. about you proving that you're a man, mm-hmm. which is selfish and douchey and petty and small. So like fuck off with that. So I think that that's why that scene particularly turned me off. And later on when Xander is a soldier and Larry's a vampire and, and he's, a, he's about to get his rape on with Buffy, judging from the, <laughs> the way it looks. I don't know what's going on here. But Xander, Xander kind of, you know, like stops Larry and, you know, punches him out. And then he says, I don't know why, but punching that vampire gave me a strange sense of closure. And it's supposed to be like, you're supposed to be like, yeah, Xander, woo. For me, like, it, it didn't have that, like catharsis for me because Mm -hmm. this whole scene with larry at the vending machine was just to prove that xander was every bit as much of a douchebag as larry except he was the instigator (laughs) and and you know what uh in fairness so the episode was written by a guy named carl ellsworth and we have no idea what carl experienced in high school like this may have been his own sort of uh catharsis that he was uh that he was working through but again carl <laughs> but I'm with you. Like I've, I, you know, it's I've, I've never, and it's not even again. It's I've never felt the need to like engage in a fight over words about you know like uh, women in my life. Like there was, I know for a while there was like this very, and it's not. It doesn't come from a bad place, but it was there was this very like strong sentiment that everybody was, particularly guys, was like you know say whatever you want, but don't. Don't mention my mother. Uh, don't say anything about my oh mother. Oh my god! And, uh, I that. and then and you and yeah, it was like this thing. And like I remember, like you know, thinking like I, it's, I, I don't, I, I, I don't care. I, I, I love my mother, and if you say something about her, then you do. Well, that's just payback for her not letting you go. For <laughs> right. Go. Like and so I, like I, I used to think like, is there something not wrong with me? But like, am I supposed to? feel something like if like if somebody was like yeah fuck your mother and then somebody was like don't you dare talk about my mother but i'm thinking like i don't have that caveman feeling it's like that's cool man you don't know her she's actually very nice but i get where you're coming from like that's kind of more like what i'm thinking but like i never so i i I do in in the same vein that like you know uh you and i definitely i think have in common the thing about like when people you know when they see you know when people just like go crazy over seeing like a like a newborn baby or a kid or whatever and they just think, i know and so like at this point it's i accept and maybe you do too like just just are it's like the same sound i reserve for anything donald trump says donald <laughs> trump and babies it's just like oh, it's like I I, I I i like i accept that my brain is just wired differently than most people because i know 
when people see a baby and they just go, they, they just melt. Like, I know they're not faking it. So I just accept that my brain is wired differently. So when it comes to, like, guy stuff like that, like, where they, you know, you said something about my friend who happens to be a girl. I want to fight you. Like, I know that there's guys who really would feel that, I guess. But, like, I, I never have. And so I just... I just accept like, okay, so it's so like the, the, the Xander thing, even as I watch it and like, I can't relate to this at all. Like him wanting to get into a fight. There's, there's very few things that I can imagine and wanting to get into a, a fight over and, and definitely not on the list would be, you said something rude about my friend. Cause then it would just be like later. It's like, it's a list. Check it out. I was going to soda and this douchebag like totally like was talking shit about you and I was like yeah okay and then uh, and then that would be the extent of it like it wouldn't it wouldn't occur yeah, to me yeah if you got into a fight over that and i was like associated with you i would be so embarrassed because i was associated with you not because some guy called me a slut <laughs> so yeah so neither Do one of us you know how many soda water cooler conversations that has that liz is a slut has occurred many my friend okay many <laughs> and you know what i've been the perpetrator of it so it's fine absolutely me too and nobody's tried to fight me over <laughs> it so so yeah neither one of us can can relate to Xander in this episode, but but particularly as a a male who's who's uh, who's who's uh, observed the culture up close, I I you know these dudes do exist, so that much I I, I can go with. But Ugh. but it's like you know I don't I don't want that dude to be Xander because I feel like Xander's you know on the one hand more evolved than that, but on the other hand he also represent he's like the only real representation of like. Uh, of, of of a man on the show uh, until I mean like Oz gets involved for a couple of seasons and this was this is this wasn't the first episode where we saw Oz but it was the first episode where he saw Willow and you can correct me if I'm wrong no on it's that. not it's not oh, let, let's talk about this then Go for because it. so Oz I believe we actually first met Oz two episodes prior to this in the episode called Inca Mummy Girl, which is where it was the foreign exchange program. There you go, yeah. And this girl was like, she was a mummy and then she came back, but she had to kill other people to preserve her life. And um, and this is where we first meet Oz and uh, Cordelia's kind of dating Devin, the lead singer that's in Oz's band. And, um, and so this band, Dingo's Ain't My Baby with Oz and Devin, they're playing the bronze for this dance, this... Um, like multicultural dance to welcome these foreign exchange students. And, um, and so the idea is like you, you dress up as like someone from another culture. So Cordelia dresses in like this slutty Hawaiian girl costume and there's Vikings and Xander has like a Mexican poncho on or something like that. And Willow, it, God bless her heart, in typical nerd fashion thinks, oh, we're, I'm going to a hot sweaty club. Let me wear an authentic Eskimo costume. So she's just like this big hulking sweating mess in this very authentic but like ridiculously you know, huge costume and like, um, and Xander's drooling over this girl and, and Will just kind of stands. she can't even move. She has to move her whole body if she wants to look around. And meanwhile, Oz is playing, um, the, like with the band and he like turns to Devin and goes, Oh, who is that girl? And Devin thinks that he's talking about Xander's date, the hot mummy chick. And then Oz is like, no, the Eskimo. And he's just staring at her and, like in her you know nerdy Eskimo outfit and he's just 
so in love and turned on. And that is one of my favorite moments of the entire series because I very much relate to Willow in the series more so than any other character, particularly in high school. And so just to have a guy notice you and be attracted to you while you're being your nerdy self and not being like this, you know, Cordelia sex bomb, it it was just such a romantic moment. And so then Oz is back and... He actually does bump into Willow prior to him seeing her at the end. And she's in the ghost costume, though. So he doesn't know it's her. And they both say sorry, like, a million times. And that just warmed my Canadian heart so much. Because <laughs> that's literally what it's like when you, you know, when, like, you're walking and someone's walking the opposite direction. And you kind of do that dance where you're both trying to get by, but you're both kind of accidentally blocking each other. Mm-hmm. Whenever that happens, it's like a five-minute ordeal because you have to keep apologizing as you're doing it. And so that kind of warmed my heart. And then at the end... Uh, when Willow, she kind of undergoes a little character change through this episode because when everyone turns into their costumes, she's still her. She's just a ghost. And so she has to take charge of everything because Xander doesn't know what the fuck's going on. Buffy's completely useless. And so Willow's the one who really kind of rallies everything and goes to Giles and explains what happened and and all that stuff. So when the spell gets broken, Willow is, um, she's because she basically died when the spell happened. Because she was a ghost, so she she dies, and uh, and then she uh, when the spell's broken, she's back to where she had fallen down and died, and so she gets up and she's about to put her ghost costume back on, but she's like, "Fuck that, I don't need that," and so she she gets a little confidence from basically having saved the day, and so she throws the costume out, and she's just walking down the street, and then Oz sees her in this ro- like rocker girl outfit. And he just says his line over and over again, "Who is that girl?" And it's just really romantic and adorable. It is romantic and adorable, and I can't believe that uh, I nearly got that detail wrong because you're absolutely right. It was the Inca mummy girl because I can see, as, as, even as you described it, I can see the whole episode now. Of course, the Inca mummy girl episode, um, as as a whole, in my mind, I think that sort of blends into like there, there's a whole there's there's like a handful of Buffy episodes in season one and season two where. Um, just aren't my favorite like it was clearly them figuring out what the show was and so, yeah it was still finding its footing at yeah. like like all, definitely all throughout season one and could be argued throughout the whole first half of season two but there's the the thing about season two is even at the beginning of the season where there's a couple clunkers there's a few gems that are so elevated in quality from season one and i would put halloween in that category Absolutely. i would put school hard which was the episode where you first meet spike Oh, in yeah. that category. And so, yeah, for every episode with reptile fraternities and <laughs> creepy nerds trying to build a girlfriend out of dead girls. And, <laughs> Bullies and all, turning into and, hyenas. And, yeah, and, and the Inca mummy girls of the world. There are some gems. But I think Halloween, definitely, like, if School Heart was, like, a, a little um, stepping stone, this is, it's on a completely different plane, the Halloween episode. And uh, so, and the character again, Ethan Rains. This was the first time we see him, and and you know he is that trickster character who you know we like. I don't even know if we see him more than once a season, but but he, it's because we see him so rarely that when he does turn up, it's kind of fun because you know you're like, oh, something some something crazy is going to happen because Ethan's in town for for you know, one, you know for his one episode of, of the season. Um, and so the uh, the actor, his name is Robin Sachs, and you might uh, you might already know this, but uh, but he passed away a couple of years ago. I did know that. Yeah, it was a uh, 2013, and it's so weird because it's like you know, like we watch TV and we see these people, and and you know, we know that they're 
human and we know that they're not going to live forever and yet tv has that illusion of immortality like like when i watch the golden girls like i rarely find myself thinking like they're all dead except for you know betty white like they're all like alive like right there when i watch them you know on on the hallmark channel or or whatever <laughs> so so it's 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 weird to me that to think like any anybody from buffy really because i mean i don't i've I don't think any any of the, the the major players from Buffy have are have have passed away. So it's weird to think that like oh he's even even though he appeared like once a season he was a very very uh, important character um, to to you know to just as a just as a as a person in the world. To, and he wasn't that old either. Like he wasn't young no. young like the Buffy kids. But he was probably what in his late forties when that show when he first appeared as Ethan. So he, he like yeah. if he was alive today he was still probably he'd be in his sixties. Yeah, he? yeah, he was sixty one when he died. So like super. And again, it's like super young. Like when you're a kid, you're like sixty one. That's about dying age. But you know, the older you get, you realize oh that's really not old at all. Especially if fucking Betty White's like. 90 something and she's probably doing a triathlon right now (laughs) (laughs) um one would hope hopefully hopefully yeah you know when she's not busy you know fucking her pool boy because you know she's getting crazy for sure for sure that's not even a question betty white's getting nuts in more ways than one that's deep yeah that too um it's what she said to the pool boy So, but anyway, I, but I, but I bring up Ethan Rain specifically not not just to sort of eulogize the actor, although I did want to at least bring that up because I think we both love him, and if that part was, was worth mentioning. But also, he you know he gives us a, again a lens, a, a deeper lens, and in, into Giles, like he's you know he calls Giles Ripper, and I think it's the first time that we hear Giles referred to as Ripper. And you'll know this better than I do. I don't think it's ever. I don't know. Is it ever explained how we got the nickname, or do we get to just enjoy? Not th- really. But in two episodes from Halloween, there'll be one called "Lie to Me," and then there'll be one called "The Dark Age," where Ethan comes back, and we really start to learn about Giles's past. This episode brings up a lot of questions at the end when Giles goes to confront Ethan, but we learn about Giles's dark past a little bit. And that he was called Ripper, but we don't know exactly where the name comes from. Mm-hmm. I, I, I'd imagine that it has something to do with Jack the Ripper, but I, I, I don't know. But I know that, I mean, it's not really too much of a spoiler to say that Giles had a, a very dark past involving um, occultism. Mm-hmm. And he and Ethan were part of this group of juvenile British ne'er-do-wells who would just call it, like cast all these really dark dangerous spells just basically to get the adrenaline rush and one of those spells kind of goes haywire in a couple episodes and kind of comes back to haunt them but Ethan and I guess Giles wound up leaving the group and he he got his shit together and he became a watcher and I, I, I gather that Ethan has always resented Giles leaving and and probably thinks that Giles thinks he's better than everyone else so Ethan kind of wants to be there to remind him like hey you were down in the dirt with me before and i'm not gonna let you forget it and i'm just gonna keep fucking with you till kingdom come and you know what liz you you made me uh you you put my brain on a path where now i'm thinking about the giles in this episode just a little bit deeper so i want to see what you think about this so this episode all of the major players specifically uh, uh buffy and xander and uh and willow you know their their costumes in some form or fashion represents the opposite of who they they actually are and so then by that same token with giles and uh, and ethan reigns ethan reigns is giving us a look into giles and saying like you know 
this this very this sort of nebbish bookish librarian, you know, wearing the the, the tweed jacket and being all proper and whatnot. Um, that's not really who you are because we see Giles like you know like like you know like like beat up Ethan and, and make him bloody and he's very sort of like violent and threatening and like you know I how... was beside myself in that scene. Right? <laughs> Let me tell you, I, 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 I know so you were. Into... And because here's the thing, like listeners might be like, hey, well, hey, just a second ago you thought that the whole thing with with Larry and the soda machine was all skeezy and and petty, but when violence when it's necessary is so fucking hot and especially because it's giles and until this point giles has been like he's a good character but he's only served one role so i I don't want to call him one dimensional because i feel like that's kind of shitting on the writing of this great character Mm -hmm. but he's only ever we we've only ever seen him through buffy's eyes and the eyes of the teens as this slightly stodgy watcher who he's a he's british and he's a librarian he's a watcher and that's it we know nothing about him and then ethan brings that up he says they don't they don't know who you really are and then we just see giles beat the shit out of this guy he beats him into talking about how to break the spell that that's how the day is saved i mean willow's the one who puts it all in motion but when she goes to giles giles is the one who saves the day by beating the shit out of ethan and it was so fucking hot and how about this list, Hersey? Uh, on the day where everybody wears costumes and these characters are wearing the costumes that are the opposite them, uh, of themselves, it is revealed that perhaps Giles himself is a costume. That this whole Giles character is a costume that he wears every day, but really, the real Giles is the Ripper who beats up Ethan Reigns. Yeah, oh, I love that. Like sniveling tweed clad watcher by day and badass ripper by night i i can give you giles some ideas on what he could rip let me tell you <laughs> do i have to remind you that you are a married woman liz hersey this is fantasy lands martin lestraps <laughs> all right i guess that's fair hey what season because i because uh, again i love when ethan comes and uh, you know creates chaos one of my very, very favorite episodes, and I'm terrible with titles, but I know that you'll know it's the one where he shows up and he he like uh, uh, he does some kind of a spell on all the the chocolate bars. And, and oh, band candy! That's the next season. Okay, and so that one's great because again we get another look in a job because basically all the adults with the candies, they um they they be, they essentially become like teenagers again in their heads. They're still in their adult bodies, but they they act like uh, adolescents. And so Giles is this kind of like badass, cool, like greaser kid. Rough and tumble, Brit type. And uh, uh, Buffy's mom is sort of, uh, I don't know, she's, what is Buffy's mom in that episode? I'll, she's I'll... fast like the wind. <laughs> That's, those were the words that I was looking for. And then like, you know, you see Buff, you know, Giles and Buffy's mom sort of getting all like teenager comfy. And uh, and again, and so even and there are th- handcuffs involved. It's so delicious. I love Ethan Rain. <laughs> and so even though there's a spell involved, you still kind of you still kind of get that that you know they're not they're not acting differently. You know, this is who they were as kids. They're like they're not like acting completely differently. It's, they're just sort of progressing into this is how they actually acted as kids. And in one more way, Ethan gives us another look at Giles. So, uh, so, so this, so the, the Ethan Reigns character, again, he turns up once or twice a season, sort of this trickster character, but serves a really, really important role. If for no other reason, he's, he's always becomes a, the lens by which we learn just a little bit more uh, about Giles and helps develop this character who otherwise would be this very sort of bookish, nebbishy, you know, librarian, uh, librarian guy. 
Indeed. Um, let's see. Did we did we miss anything? Anything else you wanted to cover well, about the a, episode? Well, a big portion of it, like what kind of kicked off this episode, was Buffy feeling insecure about her relationship with Angel because mm. they they've been kind of like they've almost, but they haven't, and. It's it's been this kind of missed opportunity or we shouldn't be together, will they or won't they shit that's been going on since the, the show started. When she found out he was a vampire, they said, okay, we won't be together, but they were attracted to each other. And then she came back after the summer and she was a bitch to him, but then she said she wanted to be with him. And he said, no, we can't be together. And so at the end of the previous episode, they had both kind of said, oh, let's go for coffee sometime, right? Like that basically saying we're going to kick off this relationship. Mm -hmm. And so this episode was supposed to be where this coffee date happened. That's how the whole thing started. But Buffy got held up in a pumpkin patch because she had to fight vampires and patrol and do her slayerly job. And when she shows up at the bronze, she's there's a big deal made out of how much of a mess she looks. And it's such a, a TV version of how like, <laughs> of a mess. It's she basically has two twigs in her hair, and other than that, she looks fantastic. Yeah. But of course, Cordelia's there, and she really wants to get up in Angel's grill, and so she she's really you know given her trying to get Angel to to date her. And one thing I really liked about the scene at the bronze when Buffy shows up looking looking a mess, and it's just that Angel he dresses very um kind of like a like cheesy romance harlequin cover you know what i mean like with the the billowy shirts and, and the the black jackets but he actually had on a very nice normal blue button-down shirt which i thought was very sweet that he put an effort into dressing up for his date with buffy i don't know if you caught that little detail but he doesn't normally wear light blue shirts i, I did catch that he looked different and i didn't know why until you pointed it out but yeah I thought it was really sweet. And so, but then, yeah, Buffy basically, and Buffy is the one who kind of sabotages herself with her own insecurity because Angel's like, oh, hey, I'm glad you made it. Like, don't listen to what Cordelia's saying. You look great. And Buffy just kind of runs off like she lost, even though she didn't. And so Buffy wants to, she wants to make her be girlier and make herself into what she thinks Angel will like. And so this prompts her and Willow to steal the Watcher's Diaries and, and look at, you know, pictures of the kind of girls that were around when Angel was young. And so and that's where she gets this idea with this fancy dress. And they're in the bathroom looking at these watchers' diaries. And they see this drawing of this, you know, beautiful noble woman. And, you know, Buffy says, Oh, how great would it be to just have to look pretty all the time and you get like servants and horses and yet more gowns. And Willow, you know, ever ever the responsible one, she's like, Well, still I think I'd prefer being able to vote. And my response to that is, fuck voting, give me the pretty dresses, hashtag feminism. <laughs> and, and you know what What? what I liked about uh, Angel uh, later, and, and, and you know, I, I'm i sure I talked about this before, where he's never really been my favorite uh, character. Well, the character serves a purpose. Maybe it's just David Boreans, who I don't, like, love, but... That's a that's a whole different uh, discussion, I think. But um, a moment that I really loved with him when he was talking with Buffy, like later in the episode and after the whole spell is worn off, and now they're in the sort of the uh, just sort of the, uh, the the dust has settled. Now they're just sort of you know just wrapping up the episode, and and now Buffy's talking about how you know she wore this dress and how these were the sorts of women that that you know that he would have been attracted to, and so he was and he's basically like, yo, I basically I hated those girls. I wasn't interested in them at all and uh and, and i like this idea of of you know just because you're of a time 
doesn't mean that you know whatever was popular of that time is what uh, everybody would have been into and so like so you know if, if angel weren't a vampire and alive 200 years later to say so you but it would you would be fair in assuming like sure it's sure, every every guy was into the the sort of victorian uh woman that we see in uh in, in, in paintings and movies and whatnot but um but but the, obviously that's not true because you know there's whatever like uh, i've uh, you know, for, I guess as an example, I've never seen an episode of, uh, of 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 the Kardashians, which I suspect is probably some version of that. And like, you know, two hundred years from now, like maybe people would be like, "Yeah, that show was really popular," and like everybody loved the Kardashians. Um, How far we've fallen! If noble woman <laughs> was what you aspire to look like back then, and Kardashian is who you aspire to be now. <laughs> oh my God, that's a, what a sad state of affairs. That could be the yeah. title of Donald Trump's memoir. <laughs> <laughs> oh, speaking of the Kardashians, I, only because they come up, how terrifying was that? Was the was the whole Kim Kardashian getting uh, like robbed at her home story? Where you were you? I really don't know too too much about. It. I, I heard it kind of offhand, but I don't really know the the details too much. And and you know, I I don't wish anyone Absolutely ill. Absolutely right. On my top 10 list of things to care about that's not honest <laughs> that's fair and it is one I, I think because it was terrifying i looked more into it because otherwise i i, I never look I, I don't read about the kardashians i don't go out of my way to do it but this was one of those times where like what this is crazy what's going on here and so kim kardashian she was i don't know if it was like her her home in paris or just a place she was renting for the time in paris but it was basically like a, a paris apartment she was in bed um, uh, Kanye West was doing a concert somewhere, and I don't even think he was in Paris, maybe in New York or something. Um, for whatever reason, her bodyguard was not at the apartment, and so just a, a group of uh, a, a group of I guess we'll call them burglars, but they knew exactly where they were. They didn't happen upon Kim Kardashian's home. They they broke in. Um, she was in bed. She heard footsteps. She got up. They 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 tied her up in a chair, and were you know. Um, uh, basically going and like robbing and she was you know according to what I was reading you know she was um, begging them off by saying you know she's she's a mother and she has children and just this, this terrifying stuff and then you know ultimately they were there to get like sounds like like jewelry and stuff and they um, uh, and then and then they 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 left but but just that that's like pretty much pretty much the the top of the top of my list of just like terrifying things is to 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 be to to be asleep. The home invasion. Yeah, the home invasion specifically while you're asleep. Like if if I'm like on the couch watching TV, it would still be terrifying, but at least I feel like I'm alert and stand a chance at like, you know, um protecting myself or jumping out the window or something. But of like of like, you know, being asleep and then waking up and then somebody's there. For me that's yeah, like that's pretty terrifying. top of the line. In fact, I I wrote um did I tell you that I'm working on a short story collection? Yes, you did. So, so the the the, the terrifying, the, the most terrifying story in, in in the collection is basically that. It's basically you know, and I, I won't give you any details beyond that. But I was basically drawn on my own fears of that, and then just sort of working them out on the page, seeing what I, what what kind of came out. But for me, that's just the most terrifying to to because you're asleep and you're vulnerable. And you're trusting that uh, you're safe in your home, and then to wake up and then somebody who's not supposed to be there is is there is you know absolutely terrifying. So even though it has nothing to do with the the, the Buffy episode, so long as the Kardashians came up, my brain made that sort of horrifying <laughs> Halloween connection. Poor Kim. 
poor Kim and so so I think, but you know, so so I th- I think we're mostly done here, but we shouldn't end on Kim Kardashian because that's not fair to Buffy. So um, do you do you have maybe like one more Buffy insight about this episode that we can uh, that we can start to wrap up on? Um. Well, I mean, this is a shallow observation, but you were talking about the scene at the end where Angel is kind of telling Buffy, like, I didn't like those girls. They were boring. And he said that, you know, basically he gave the version of the Mark Darcy and Bridget Jones speech of I I like you just the way you are. And I I have to say, Buffy, when she kind of of came out, she she was sheepish because she, she kind of blames herself for this mess, even though she didn't cast the spell. She was so desperate to be like these women that she became one because she was dressed up like one. And she came out and she was wearing the most adorable sweatpants ever. And she just looked so cute. <laughs> and maybe it was because she was like all sheepish too. But she had this little black tank top and these gray sweatpants. And I thought she looked way cuter than she did in that Victorian outfit, which was beautiful. But I, I just so there you go. Little 20th century Buffy. I liked her a lot. And oh, also about uh, a couple of costume notes. Um, there's one kid in Xander's group uh, for the trick-or-treating, and she's in a witch costume, and it's a black dress with, like, this big orange kind of collar that looks like a spiderweb and these long orange sleeves with, like, spiderweb drawings in it. And my sister wore that exact same costume for one <laughs> Halloween, which I just – it's it always makes me so happy when I see clothes that someone I know has owned, especially if I've owned them, like, and I see it on TV. I just think that's the coolest thing ever. <laughs> and for – I guess this would be a cool final note that um, Willow, she's trying to – when the spell hits – She's trying to gather everyone together and, and figure something out. And Buffy is just driving everyone nuts with how helpless and annoying and simpering <laughs> she is. And Willow goes, she couldn't have dressed up like Xena. I dressed <laughs> up like Xena one year, Martin Lestrade. Did you? And I'd like to think that if that happened, my third grade self would have saved the day. <laughs> third grade Xena. That's that's hilarious. It, it, was it? Was it? Was it? Because uh, Xena, even though she's like like very tough and shit, like you know, uh, borderline skanky, a lot of skin with Xena. Yeah. Was it? Was that? Was that your third grade Xena costume, or were you more conservative? No. Xena? Well, okay. Well, I mean, it was it was a costume for kids, so sure. obviously they're not going to show you the goods. But also, here's the thing about Halloween in Canada: it's it's pretty fucking cold by the time the end of October <laughs> hits. And one thing, this was always, my poor parents, this was always a battle with them, is that we would go out trick-or-treating because they let us go out. And um, and we would have to, like these costumes, if you've ever worn a store-bought costume, it's like the world's shittiest, cheapest material. Like it's like you could rip it apart with your bare hands, mm-hmm. no problem. And so very thin material, in other words. And it being cold and Canada and the fact that we were kids we had to put layers on under it and some nights I mean and it's the crazy gamut of weather that you're getting into when you're in Canada in October because some nights it would just be we would just have a light sweater on other nights we would have to have like our winter coats on under these costumes and so I'm trying to feel like this badass warrior princess and I feel so like puffy with my winter jacket on under it and I'm just like real Zena wouldn't wear wouldn't wear a winter coat and and you know, my parents have to go through the whole. Well, real Zena probably wouldn't be out trick or treating in southern Ontario, and so it was always just this big thing for us that we had to cover up, like layer up, because it was so cold out. So that, that's, I mean, we all have our own trick or treating plates. You have yours, and I have mine. <laughs> 
that's uh yeah don't remind me but i i i um oh you know what what one more note that's probably uh worth uh, uh, uh mentioning is that um in the world of of buffy this episode kind of establishes that um halloween is kind of the most tame night of the year in terms of oh, yeah, monsters we didn't and demons didn't even talk about that so that was kind of kind of sort of the reason like so if if eden had if ethan rain hadn't gotten involved Halloween actually would have been a very boring night that the Slayer can actually sort of take the night off. Um, and so it became for Ethan Rain sort of a, a perfectly opportune night to show up and be a trickster and and stir the pot. And if the monster, if the real monsters aren't going to come out, then he can sort of make monsters of the people who are who are dressed up or or, you know, make, a, you know, helpless damsels like uh, like Buffy did. So um, I, I, I think I think we did good work here. Liz yeah, Hersey. me too. I, and I think. Uh, you know, um, it was a uh, we're 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 approaching two hours, and I think we gave Buffy a solid twenty five minutes of the uh, <laughs> <laughs> some, at least, right? Something like that. Um, as 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 we wrap up, though, I will remind the listeners that if they have any shopping to do, they should do so at Amazon dot com. So, like, say for instance, they would like to 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 watch the Buffy episode that we're talking about, and let's say they don't have Netflix, and maybe they just want to actually own the the DVD copy of it, they want to get the box of season two. They can go to Amazon.com, but before you do that, first go to the official website of this podcast, which you'll find at martinlestrapsshow.com. Go to the shop page. You'll see an Amazon banner. Click that. It's going to take you to Amazon. Do all the same shopping you were going to do, including, say, buying Season 2 of Buffy or buying uh, some, some, some Halloween costume stuff. I was on Amazon yesterday. There's actually a really good selection of Halloween costumes and accessories uh um, and it, and because it's Amazon, it's it's going to be reasonably priced, especially if you have Amazon Prime, because then it's going to be cheaper and free shipping. You really can't lose. And so if you do that, Amazon in turn kicks back a few pennies our way, and then we get to take those pennies, reinvest them back in the show, and it allows us to make the Martin Lestrap Show podcast hour as good as we can possibly make it for you, which we strive to do week after week after week. Also, if you're not already subscribed to the show, I know I know Liz is, and I, technically I am, even though it's my show, but I'm still subscribed because mm-hmm. I want to know when the episodes come out. You can do so at iTunes, and it's free, and it's my pleasure to give you the show for free. You just got to subscribe. Uh, also, while you're on iTunes, go ahead and leave a review. We would appreciate that. Uh, maybe you are just horribly offended by something Liz or myself said today. Go on, uh, go on iTunes. Write us. We won't get our feelings hurt. We'll just be happy that you listen to the show. Um, if you're not an iTunes listener, you can catch the show on Stitcher Radio, which you'll find at Stitcher.com. It's also free. I think you can subscribe, but you don't have to. The show, the, the, the episodes are all available there. And if neither iTunes nor Stitcher Radio does it for you, you can always listen the old-fashioned way by going to martinlestrapshow.com, where all 137 episodes are available, and starting next week, all 138 episodes available. And it goes like that week after week. We just add a new one, and they're always free, and they're always available for you. Uh, anything that you want to throw in, uh, Liz, as we wrap up here? Just that if you want to hit me up on Twitter and tell me that you're offended by what you heard today, or, <laughs> or you want you want to talk Buffy or, or costume ideas and maybe get some inspiration from my theme of uh, true American scandals with uh, Monica Lewinsky this year <laughs> and Lance Armstrong last year. Whatever. Just follow me on Twitter. I'm at Lizanne Hersey, and that's also my Instagram handle, so you can hit me up there as well. And actually, and, you know, uh, my website is uh, thelizchannel.blogspot.com. I actually just finished writing about Buffy. I went through the whole season, so you can read what I thought about this Halloween episode as well as all the other Halloween episodes and 
all the other Buffy episodes. That's exactly what I was about to bring up, and uh, and we don't have time uh, for this episode, but you recently. Because I mean that that was that was the that was the premise of your blog as you watched every single episode of Buffy and you wrote about every single one which at, at some point had to seem like an endless journey but now it's actually over. That's yeah, crazy. Yeah, and the crazy thing is that it co- coincidentally ended two weeks before my wedding, so it was like fate, Martin Lestraps, like fate. I tell you, that is pretty crazy. Um, I don't know exactly when you'll be back on again, but I you know what I, I think it's worth. I, I think it's you know we're we're wrapping up here. Um, but we should talk more about your, your blog and blogging in general and podcasting and something like that. Sounds good to me. All right. Well, in that case, everybody, we'll go ahead and wrap up here because uh, we've actually, I think we're actually wrapping up at a, at a, at a reasonable time. We didn't uh, just fall off the rails for three hours this time. So. I, I don't think I grew any new gray hairs this episode. <laughs> So, uh, so before Liz grows any new gray hairs, we will officially wrap up. So, uh, thank I want to thank everybody for for joining and indulging Liz and I. Uh, so, anyway, until next time, I will see you on the other side. Later, cunts.